0: A study at the British Institute of Psychiatry shows that multitasking efforts like checking email while performing another creative task decrease your IQ in the moment by up to 10 points. Now, I'm not certain about you, but I can't afford to lose 10 points. This decrease in IQ is the equivalent of the effects from not sleeping for 36 hours and has more than twice the impact of smoking marijuana. The reason? Multitasking is really switch tasking. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. four, Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super You. Welcome to the Superview Podcast. I love these episodes. Today, we're going to pull from my Audible version of my number one bestseller, The Focus Project. Please let me know how this is helping you, or maybe it's something you've implemented. I know our listeners want to hear it. I certainly do. So don't hesitate to send me a note. Even as a question, equalman at equalman.com, equalman at equalman.com. And also, if you want the full version of the book, The Focus Project, it's available in every format that you can imagine on Amazon, who's also our sponsor of today's show. So Amazon Prime, if you don't have Prime, I would get it because you can return basically anything that you want. If it doesn't fit, just send it back. Very easy. So again, if you want the full version of the book, whether that's Audible version, whether that's Kindle, whether that's paperback, just go to Amazon.com. Again, my hope is the tips on today's show help you focus on your big things versus the busy ones. Multitasking is really switchtasking. Multitasking, the best way to screw up both jobs, t-shirt humor or truth. A study at the British Institute of Psychiatry shows that multitasking efforts like checking email while performing another creative task decrease your IQ in the moment by up to 10 points. Now, I'm not certain about you, but I can't afford to lose 10 points. This decrease in IQ is the equivalent of the effects from not sleeping for 36 hours. And has more than twice the impact of smoking marijuana. The reason multitasking is really switch tasking. Researcher David Meyer, PhD, sheds light on this. People in a work setting who are on their computers were also having to answer phones and talk with coworkers are doing switches all the time. Not being able to concentrate for say tens of minutes at a time means a cost of as much as twenty to forty percent in lost efficiency. Instead of parallel processing tasks, our brains are actually switching tasks. Which task is more important, writing this book or listening to the conference call? As our brains switch back and forth between tasks, we lose efficiency. Jordan Grafman, chief of the cognitive neuroscience section at the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke explains, there's substantial literature on how the brain handles multitasking and basically it doesn't. What's really going on is a rapid toggling among tasks rather than simultaneous processing. A study by Stanford psychologist Anthony Wagner and Evel Ophir found college students who often juggle many flows of information, such as checking social media, texting, watching videos, studying, and chatting on the phone, perform significantly worse than college students who limit their multitasking. Multitasking can also have negative long-term effects. People who regularly multitask have more difficulty with tasks requiring working memory and sustained attention than those who rarely multitask. Multitasking leads to attention lapses that, over time, make sustaining attention to any single task more difficult. So, could it be we've had it wrong all along? That the reason we multitask is to get more done, yet ironically enough, multitasking is causing us to get less done? In a word, yes. Yes. One way to help avoid switch tasking is to eliminate the number of tasks we have on our to-do lists. Over 70% of us make to-do lists. Canadians are most likely to have a list, Americans are most dependent on their lists, and the Japanese are least likely to have a list. But more than half of the country still makes them. Women across the globe are more likely to make to-do lists than men. The majority of us still prefer to list our tasks on paper. One reason we do this is biological. Whenever we cross something off our list, we get a free hit of dopamine from our body. Our brain releases dopamine when we accomplish something we desire, whether completing a home improvement project or winning a game of chess. Dopamine makes us feel good. By creating small achievable goals for ourselves on our to-do lists, we can manipulate our dopamine levels into accomplishing goals. For example, after Bob finishes organizing his desk at work, he feels a sense of accomplishment and joy as dopamine is released into his system. This feeling drives repeat behavior and encourages Bob to continue keeping his desk clean along with completing other projects on his to-do list. However, dopamine also contributes to all kinds of negative addictions. Different people need different pleasures and rewards to get enough dopamine. A food addict's neurons get activated with the bite of a juicy hamburger. Or a sex addict's dopamine is released when viewing erotic images. An alcoholic gets that same rush of dopamine when sipping that first drink. Programmers and PhDs at social media companies are paid millions of dollars to program similar tactics to manipulate dopamine levels within teenagers to get them to stay for hours on their social media platform or application. Understanding the biology behind it gives us a fighting chance in avoiding the major and minor addictions dopamine can cause. For example, in writing this book, I found spending an entire day answering the hundreds of emails I often received after giving a keynote performance to be easy. Watching my unread inbox count go from 300 to 0 gave me a dopamine hit. Knowing this email dopamine trap, I will set smaller goals around writing on the days I'm on stage. For example, write for 20 minutes. Most importantly, I started making a not-to-do list before making my to-do list. Making a not-to-do list. To-do lists are great, but not-to-do lists are even better. Successful people understand it's not about getting more things done. It's about getting more of the big things done. Making a not-to-do list is one of the most helpful habits I learned from this project. If you never finish all of your items on your to-do list, don't feel bad. Neither do the rest of us. In a LinkedIn survey of 6,000 global professionals, only 11% said they regularly accomplish all the tasks on their to-do list. So for the rest of the 89% of us, it's time to try a new approach. Why not start with a not-to-do list? We need to become cold-blooded killers with some of our tasks. Several times per day, we need to ask ourselves, what tasks can we murder, i.e. not do? Almost everything should default to our not-to-do list. Or, if it makes you feel better, you can call it your not-yet list. The beauty of this list is it helps declutter our to-do lists. The science shows that even though we might be working on item number one from our list, our brain is unconsciously thinking about number 37. By coming up with a to-do list, our brain subconsciously determines what information from the list to hold onto for later. This subconscious activity is referred to as the Zygarnik effect. The Zygarnik effect causes our minds to think about and plan for uncompleted tasks even when we don't know our brain is doing it. The Zygarnik effect was named after Russian psychologist Bluma Zygarnik. In the 1920s, Zygarnik was eating at a restaurant when she observed waiters with the capability to memorize very complicated orders. Once the orders were completed and paid for, the waiters could no longer remember the detailed components of the orders as they were able to do just minutes before. This got Zigarnik thinking, How could the waiters remember such minuscule details about unfinished orders but recall little to nothing about the orders once completed? She organized a study to specifically test this phenomenon. In one experiment, Zigarnik gathered 138 children to complete arithmetic problems, puzzles, and other basic tasks. During half of the activities, the children were not interrupted. For the remaining tasks, the children were interrupted and distracted. The study found that when tested for recall an hour later, 110 of the 138 participants remembered more details from the interrupted tasks than from the completed tasks. In similar experiments, testing recall of adults Research has found participants recall unfinished tasks 90% more than completed tasks. This effect often occurs to voracious readers. While they're engrossed in a book, they know all the characters in the author's name. As soon as they finish reading the book, if someone asks them about the book, they can recall very little. Many even accidentally reread a book they've already read years before. It happens to the best of us. Essentially, our subconscious mind is encouraging our conscious mind to make a plan for eventually completing the task. This mind activity is designed to help us. Before we could write, it allowed us to remember to grab dry wood during the light of day to have fire at night. However, in our overwhelming modern world, our outdated brain software can sometimes be a detriment to our success. The more uncompleted tasks we have on our to-do lists, the more cluttered our minds. Our brain is trying to subconsciously to complete tasks 37, 38, 39 and beyond, even when we aren't working on them. To help free our minds to attack our smaller and more focused to-do list, we should place almost all items on our Not Yet list. This show is produced by Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez, and it's made possible by you, our listeners. So thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Obviously, we have these shows that we do at the beginning of the year. It's the third year we've done it, to where we give you tips and clips from the number one bestseller, The Focus Project, but obviously we have our regular show those are me sitting down with guests that might be me talking about some late topic that we get a question on whether that's artificial intelligence or it could be i get interviewed on another show or some of our more popular episodes are when we have seven super tips or we sit down with guests that we interview or get tips from elon musk from jeff bezos uh from miley cyrus on down the line so again tune in each and every week to the super you podcast we're trying to do more than one show a week so let us know how that's going. But until next time, this is your host, Eric Qualman. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. Reminding all of us it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven, seven, six, six, five, four, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. Are you-